Welcome to Relationship Truth Unfiltered and Merry Christmas. This is a place where we throw off the filters of tradition and culture, a place where we discover what the Bible really has to say about relationships, relationships with God, with ourselves, and with others. Welcome. I'm Julie Sedanko here with Leslie Vernick, and we just want to take a moment to wish you a Merry Christmas. We yeah, Merry it, Christmas, everyone. Yes, we thought it would be fun to share some of our favorite holiday memories. Um, I know just a couple of years ago, Leslie, we, we used to like to get live trees all the time, and we hadn't done it in a long time. So my brother was out visiting, and we cut down a live tree, put it on top of the car, and I completely forgot by the time we got home, that this tree was on the top of my car and I drove straight into the garage. (laughs) The tree hit the, the trunk hit the top of the garage and it went sliding right off the back. Just like a good old Griswold family Christmas though. That was one more recent time. What about you? Well, we used to cut down trees too, Julie. And, you know, it was sort of a thing. You know, we lived in Pennsylvania. There were Christmas tree farms everywhere. So, you know, we would go cut down this gigantic tree. We had a cathedral ceiling in our family room. So of course it had to be like huge, 12 feet high or whatever, 15 feet high. So we logged that thing home and we, it took my husband probably three hours to jimmy it into the stand because it was so heavy and so awkward, you know, because it was so tall. And so then we had to put a dolly molt in, a bolt or whatever they're called into the oh. wall because it was sort of leaning and we were afraid it was going to fall over. So I remember sitting in the dining room eating and all of a sudden we heard this big crash. And oh, no. Completely came down, ripped out a hunk of our wall <laughs> and all the ornaments broke. And that was, uh, I don't think we've ever put the tree back up that way again. So that was <laughs> our live Christmas tree story. And the other time we had a Christmas was... I'm going to give negative Christmas stories here, but um, my kids didn't want to help me decorate the tree. They just oh. knew who they were when they're teenagers. It was like, no, we're busy. We don't have time. You do it, mom. And I'm like, I'm not doing it until we do this as a family. <laughs> so we never did get ornaments on the tree. We just had That's so funny. But it's like it was the opposite this year because I wanted my tree done a certain way. And I just didn't think the kids cared anymore because they're a little bit older and um, they they weren't very happy with me. So we went over to my mom and dad's and all decorated that one together. <laughs> so, let's, uh, I had, on a different Christmas tree story, uh, my sister and I, we were visiting my grandparents. They lived on Orcas Island in the San Juan Islands off the coast of Washington. And she and I took a trip up there to visit them. And they were older and somewhat sickly and they didn't have a Christmas tree up. And so my grandma said, you know, I just like a little tree. And of course... I thought, well, I'm going to make sure that happens. And so, uh, you know me and you know I would. (laughs) So I went out and Holly and I, we found a tree, but I didn't think it was legal to cut one on the island. So we kind of just did it on the down low (laughs) and we cut this little tiny tree and we're dragging it down the road. And every time a car would come by, we'd throw it in the ditch and we'd jump in the ditch to hide, make sure that we didn't get in trouble. But we took that little tree home and went up into the attic and brought down all these really old ornaments that my dad had made when he was a little boy and his brother. And uh, my grandma played the Julie, I think it was Julie Andrews Christmas on the record player. And we just talked about every little ornament and put them on the tree. And there wasn't gifts or anything. And it wasn't even Christmas day, but it was really one of my most favorite memories since all three of them are gone now. 
And mm -hmm. I just, I think about that one a lot. Uh, it's definitely a favorite Christmas memory. Yeah. And I think for probably a lot of this audience, they don't have a lot of those favorite family Christmas days. Oftentimes right. families have been spent with stress and arguments and um, tears, um, marital strife, feeling like you're responsible to make it happen for everybody with no one helping you, you being the giver, them being the taker, no gifts for you. And so I wanted to just kind of leave our audience with a few things they could do to gift themselves something yes. for today. Something you know, they can um, hold on to for sure. Yeah. You know, um, I just want to read a, a favorite passage of mine. It's not typically thought of as a Christmas story, but I love this passage in first John. I'm not first John, John chapter one. And it's talking about um, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was God. You know, it's talking about the coming of Jesus. But it says in verse uh, 14, so the word became human and he made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And then it goes back down to the um, later. It says, no one has ever seen God, but the unique one who himself is God is near to the father's heart. And he has revealed God to us. And so Christmas is a lot about thinking about the birth of Christ and God with us. Emmanuel is God with us. And I just thought it would be a wonderful thing for me to leave this audience or us to talk about two gifts that we can give ourselves. And the first gift is preparation. Um, and I think that this can go a long way in creating the kind of experience of Christmas that you want, at least how your side shows up. Um, I think that when we're going into a stressful family environment, uh, Christmas morning, uh, New Year's Day, Christmas night, the whole holiday season, it can be stressful for lots of different reasons. But I think that preparation of really giving yourself the gift of preparation and just taking some time to realize that God is in you, God is with you, God goes before you, God cares about you, and he wants you to have peace. Now, it may not be a peaceful relationship. It may not be a peaceful family. You can't control them. The only thing that you can control or begin to start to control is you. And so to really, we talk a lot about this in our podcast with respect to relationships, but I think the gift of Christmas gives us an opportunity to reflect. And so to give yourself the gift of presence. So here's how I might do it. I might start a day and I'll start, I will start these days. And my family isn't like a lot of families with a lot of destruction right now, but it has had stressful elements. And so I will start my Christmas this way. I will start with presencing the Lord just by recognizing that God is in me. God is with me. God goes before me. I will never leave you, he says. And so he is in me. And so how do I want to be today with God? And I'll just think about that. I want to be joyful. I want to be thankful. I want to be peaceful. Those might be just my three words, thankful, joyful, peaceful. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to anchor myself to those three words for a couple of minutes in my mind and in my body. I'm going to just scan my body and see where I'm not peaceful and try to calm that down. I'm going to scan my mind and see where I'm not joyful or peaceful or thankful and calm that down or rewrite that script for today. And then I'm going to notice throughout the day when I'm not those three things. I'm going to notice I'm getting irritated. I'm going to notice that I'm breathing heavy. I'm going to notice that I'm getting cranky. I'm going to know whatever it is. And I'm going to go back to those three words. And I'm just going to regroup so that I can feel those feelings, even if my external world is not giving me any reason 
to feel those feelings. And I think that is magic. When we can learn to do that, that's where it enables us to be present. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because we have some internal muscles that we're developing that helps us presence that um, thankfulness, that joyfulness, that peacefulness, or whatever word you picked, wisdom, even in the most difficult situations. So I would just start our day with gratitude for what God has done, what God has given us, that God is in us and with us. And then just pick one or two more words of how you want to be in this day. Even if no one else in your family is, even if everyone else there is pushing your buttons, how might you give yourself that gift so that if they're pushing your buttons, you're conscious of that and that you're getting away and setting some boundaries like, hey, I have to go to the bathroom right now. I can't have this conversation. And you don't have to say you're pushing my boundaries. Stop it because they won't care and they'll just keep pushing your boundaries. Mm -hmm. But you take care of you and get off to a quiet place and regroup so that at the end of the day, you lay your head down on the pillow and you say, you know what? This is a horrible Christmas, but I handled myself in a way that I'm proud of. You said earlier about calming yourself, finding those areas where you're not calm and, and calming yourself. What are some really, what are some ways to do that if someone doesn't even know how to calm herself? I think the quickest way is to use a gift that God gave us, and that is our breath. So we haven't, um, we don't think about breathing. Thank God we don't have to think, breathe, breathe, breathe. <laughs> we don't have to think about that every 15 seconds. But he has given us our breath as a means to calm our body down when our body is in distress. So if you are in distress and you notice that, you can't do it if you don't notice. And that's why it's important to notice. So if I notice that I'm getting irritated, for example, like I'm getting irritated that I just got this beautiful gift for someone and they didn't even th say thank you or they didn't even like it. They just ripped it open and went on to the next gift. And I can feel my inners getting grumpy or sad or resentful that I spent all this money or I spent all this time making this beautiful picture for someone or painting for someone and they didn't even appreciate it, you know, and so those kind of things. And so I'm having negative talk. I'm feeling cranky inside. How am I going to calm myself down? Well, I'm just going to pay attention now to my body. I'm feeling irritated. My heart is hurting a little bit and I'm going to start breathing and I'm going to take a deep breath in and I'm going to take a deep breath out and I'm going to always try to exhale longer than I inhaled. So, and I usually start with my mouth, but it really is better to do it through your nose. And just doing those three breaths, even right now, as we're talking, mm -hmm. I can feel my body calming down. And so that's a, just a real quick public way that you can do that. Um, so that would be one thing. The other thing that you can do is start switching your thoughts. So if I'm thinking, I can't believe they're not appreciating this. And boy, I didn't get any thank you for all the dinner. You know, if I'm starting to have all these negative yeah. thoughts in my head, I just switch the channel and say, okay, I don't want to go there. I could but I don't want to. And so what can I be thankful for right now? I can be thankful it stopped raining. I can be thankful that I have a warm house. I can be thankful that I gave a gift with my full heart, even if they didn't appreciate it. Yeah. You know, and so we can switch the channel in our head. We don't have to say anything out loud, but if we switch the channel in our head, we will feel better in our body and in our soul. I know when I start breathing in, Sometimes I actually visualize myself breathing in his peace or breathing in his strength, breathing in the Lord, because I need that inside and out. And, it, and yeah. that really helps me. And then when I breathe out, I'm breathing out the anger 
And that just Absolutely. mentally- Absolutely, that's another great visualization of your breath. And so we can use our breath in lots of different ways. Um, I use my breath a lot when I'm standing in line and getting impatient, getting in traffic and getting impatient. I'm an impatient yeah. person by nature. And so to really be able to um, use my breath when I need to, to calm my body and spirit. God has given us a, a tool that's in our body that we can use. And so using our breath, um, even just doing some simple box breathing, you know, count, count four breaths in, hold four breaths, four breaths out, hold four breaths, like a little box. Um, just do that a little bit to calm your body down and switch the channel in your thinking. If it's to grumbling and complaining, which we're all prone to do when we're upset, don't beat yourself up for it. Just notice it and then go mm. back to gratitude and, um, and even praise. It's a, you know, I read and I can't remember what verse it was in, in the Psalms, but if you just Google this phrase, a sacrifice of praise, sometimes yes. praising God is a sacrifice. It We're is. not in the mood. We don't feel like it. We don't really see God working all that well right now, but we're going to sacrifice by praising him. And by doing that, it switches actually the, the energy in our body. It switches mm. it. And we start to feel that peace and gratitude. You know, I remember, uh, my sister, I mentioned she's gone now. She died in a car crash a long time ago. And I'll never forget that first Christmas. It had only been, you know, five months or so. And my mom and my dad and I, we just sat around the tree. We didn't say anything, but it was just, it was sad beyond words, mm -hmm. you know, and, and there was just such an emptiness. And I remember going into that season thinking, I don't want to celebrate Christmas. Like, everybody's singing the songs and it, and I just thought this, this is so empty. And then I decided I'm going to focus on the fact that Christmas is hope. And that got me through it. It's the fact that he came means that I have hope that it's not always going to hurt this bad, that there will be a time when he wipes every tear from our eye. And I see through a glass darkly now, but one day I'm going to see clearly and just that one word hope and the meaning of Christmas and hope. Some, that was all I could hold on to that Christmas because it just hurt so bad, mm -hmm. but it really was a very meaningful Christmas at the same time, mm -hmm. you know, whereas now I'm running around like crazy trying, I got a dear Lord, I've got a gecko up in my daughter's room hiding for Christmas. And I, I hate lizards, but you know, she's getting a gecko. And so we're back to the crazy, but you know, every season is different and it's okay. Sometimes if you just need to hold on to that one, one that word, one if word. you're grieving. Yeah. Yeah. But I think some, for some of our listeners, they may have to be intentional about that one word. You know, it may not be an obvious grief season like yours was, but even those, I mean, I think it's easy to fall into the negative emotions. And and please, if you need to do that, do that. Sob your eyes out. But but I think it is important to intentionally focus on what this season represents. And it may not represent all the things that you wish it would, like family and you know, mm. love and togetherness and all of that. But it does represent something powerful. God with us. God with us. And I'm going to close with a story that just God brought to mind as we're talking. When I was in the Philippines, I've been there three times in Manila and uh, doing some teaching over there. And there is a section of town and maybe we can relate to it now, but back in the nineties, when I was there, 
I couldn't relate to it as much. It was called the track people and they lived on the railroad tracks. Um, they, they had uh, cardboard shacks along the tracks. That was the only property that they were allowed. It was kind of like homeless encampments. Now we didn't have homeless encampments in the nineties that I noticed, but it was like homeless encampments for, for the city folks who had no place to live. And they had these cardboard boxes that they would mm -hmm. live in along the railroad tracks and the kids would play on the tracks. And I would think, oh my gosh, what a horrible life. What a horrible way to live. I just can't imagine. And then God said to me, when I came at Christmas, that's what I gave. I came to live among the track people, you know, in terms of he came to earth and he lived among the lowly. Like would mm -hmm. I be willing if, if I were as a Christian woman, was I willing to live among the track people to show mm -hmm. people what God was like? And yet God came to us. He, the word became flesh to dwell among us, to show us what God was like. And people didn't believe that God showed up this way. And so they didn't believe Jesus. And so, but he lived among us, the lowliest of us. He didn't come into the palace. He didn't come and live in the king's palace. He lived in the lowly manger, in the lowly streets. And it's homeless for as much as we can see. What great love. And I think if we can think of Christmas that way, even if our traditional Christmas of family gathering and all of the gifts and food and all that kind of stuff. And what can we give ourselves? We can give ourselves the gift of presence and we can give ourselves the gift of awareness. And if we can give ourselves those two gifts, even yeah. if we get no other gifts from other people to recognize God gave us a gift of his presence and our awareness of his presence, that can bring us joy. Absolutely. Friend, whatever Christmas looks like for you this year, our prayer is that you would make some good memories, even if that's a memory of you getting through in a peaceful, strong way. But please know that we love you, we pray for you, and we wish you such a Merry Christmas. We certainly do. Let me pray for you right now. Father God, I just pray for those who are listening to this podcast because probably they have nothing else to do. Mm. And it's lonely and they're missing perhaps Christmas past of happy memories or happy family times, or they never even had those and they long for that. They just long for a family that would love them and invite them and want them. And they feel so rejected and so isolated and so unwanted. And God, I just pray for those women and those children who feel that because they are loved and they are wanted. And we do a terrible job in the body of Christ sometimes reaching out to those who are on the margins. Mm -hmm. Lord, I pray that you would just help those people who are listening today. If they're feeling that feeling of shame or rejection or unloneliness or unloveliness or whatever it might be, Lord, sadness over lost loved ones, lost marriages. I just pray that you would comfort them with the comfort that only you can give. You tell us that you give us a peace that only you can give, that you give us a comfort that only you can give, that it is a peace that passes understanding because it makes no sense for us to have peace in the midst of what we're going through. And so I pray for that peace for those listening today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Relationship Truth Unfiltered. If you need clarity on whether your marriage is difficult, disappointing, or destructive, go to lesliewernick.com 
forward slash start for Leslie's free quick start guide. It's totally private and will help you get clear on your next step. Again, that's lesliebernick.com forward slash start. Until next time, may God bless your relationships with him, with yourself, and with others.